Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. New Hope Radio, soon to be New Hope Radio podcast as well, working on making the radio show on demand for you so you can listen to it anytime. 1230 is a great time, lunchtime. But then there are other times that people are not available, but we're going to make it available for you 24 hours a day. So I thank you for joining us today. Got a good topic. We began a series the other day, and we're going to continue with this series today. And it's a really, I think it's a really important one because you know what it's entitled? Here we, here we go. It's entitled, When You Meet Jesus, Things Change. And man, I'll tell you something. How true is that? Some of you know that's really true, that when you meet Jesus, things change. The other day we talked about a lady who suffered with a physical affliction for 12 years. Man, that's a long time. And she sought doctors, but the Bible says not only wasn't she improved, she grew worse. And let's face it, doctors are wonderful, wonderful gifts from God, but they can't do everything. There are just some things that they can't do. And they couldn't help this lady. But she heard about Jesus and what he could do. And when she heard about Jesus, she made a beeline for where he was by faith. She reached out and received the healing that she was looking for. You know what she did? She touched him. She did what many people need to do. Touch him. So in summary, this is what she did. She recognized that she needed a healing. That's where it begins, right? You got to recognize that you have a need. Then she sought out Jesus for that healing. She put her plan of faith into action. It's one thing to have faith, but if you don't put it into action, well, you know what? It's not going to help you that much. And then she met Jesus and she was never the same again. That's why the series, When You Meet Jesus, Things Change. Today we're going to see a man in a very similar condition, but he was even worse. And the distinction between the two is that although both of them suffered from a severe physical affliction, the man, oh, he was totally helpless. He couldn't bring himself to Jesus to get the much-needed healing. So in this story... We're going to note the blessing that was in his life. He had friends. And it was the friends in his life that helped him to overcome the obstacles that hindered him from getting to Jesus. Think about that. It was the friends in his life that helped him to overcome the obstacles that hindered him from getting to Jesus. See, this is what friends do. Friends always work toward the betterment of an individual. That's how you know you got a good friend. They want what's best for you. And that's how you know you're a good friend. You want what's best for your friend. So we pick up the account in Mark chapter 12, in verse 1, and the scene opens, and it's probably a very typical scene. When Jesus came back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer any room. Houses like packed out. Standing room only. Even near the door, people were standing near the door. 
And what were they doing? They were listening to the Word of God. They were listening to Jesus speak. So I think this is a typical scene in the life of Jesus. He's teaching the Word, and there's a crowd of people gathered around. So picture a small house filled with people on the inside, and probably even, as we know, surrounded with people on the outside. Yeah, can't even get near the house. Here comes the man looking for life change. Verse 3. They came bringing to Jesus a paralytic carried by four men. But he's got a big problem. He's paralyzed. This poor guy, he can't walk. His paralysis is keeping him from getting to Jesus on his own. You know, without friends, he'll never get there. He's like maybe some that are listening today. You want to get to Jesus, but maybe you're paralyzed too. Think of the things that paralyze us. Fear, doubt, pride, self-righteousness. You know, there are people that don't go to Jesus because they're afraid of what will happen. There are others that don't go to Jesus because, you know, they doubt that anything good will happen. Then there are some because of pride. They're like, I don't need no Jesus in my life. I'm okay. And then some are self-righteous. It's like, I'm good enough. I don't need a Savior. All of these things paralyze a person from getting to Jesus. When people entertain these feelings, they're no different from the guy in the story. There are things in your life that you cannot bring to him because of this paralysis. Think of the prayers that don't go up because of paralysis. Think of the wonderful things that could be done that are not done because of paralysis. But this man's got one thing going for him. The Bible says in verse 3, they. They came bringing to Jesus a paralytic. They. That's a reference to the man's friends. Do you have a they in your life? Everybody needs to have a they in their life. Friends, people that want the best for them. You know, when Luke recorded this event, the Greek word he used for men was aner. A-N-E-R is the Greek word, and it means noblemen. These are noblemen. Not that they were, you know, rich and influential, but they had a, a noble quality about them. Luke could have used the word anthropos, which means mankind. It just speaks of all people. But he didn't use that word. He used aner, that these are special guys. These are good guys. These were guys that cared about their friend. That's aner. Noblemen. They acted like friends. They acted like friends. You know why? <laughs> because they were friends. True friends always back it up with action. They cared about this man who was paralyzed. They didn't just leave him alone. They didn't just leave him to his own devices. They didn't just pray over him or tell him, you're going to have more faith. They actually helped him. You know, the Bible talks about friends, and there are different aspects of friendship. For instance, in Proverbs 27, verse 6, you know, a friend levels with you, where the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
that a true friend will say things to correct their friend. It might wound, it might hurt a little bit, but it's something that you need to hear. A friend doesn't desert you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18.24, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, that could refer to Jesus, and it could refer to people in your life. Sometimes your friends are closer than your own family. That happens quite a bit, you know. Some of you can testify. You know, you come to Christ, and you're in God's family. And you've got biological family members. They want nothing to do with God, and you feel closer to the people of God than you can to your own biological family. That happens sometimes. You know what the great combination is? Oh, when your biological family is close to God. Man, you can't beat that. That's real family. And yet, friendship has an enemy. What's the enemy of friendship? Proverbs sixteen twenty eight: A slanderer separates intimate friends. The word slander means a whisperer. Someone that grumbles and criticizes. You know, they divide people. Oh, this whisperer and this grumbler. It's always probably someone that's not even involved in the situation. They operate on hearsay. But for some reason, they get a joy in dividing. That sounds like something the devil would do, doesn't it? Get a joy in dividing. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Hmm. What does it mean to cover a transgression? You know what it means? To put a lid on it. That's what it means. You put a lid on something so it can't get out. You know, good friends don't spread the failures and the mistakes of their friends around to other people. You don't do that. That's, that's not what a friend does. A friend covers. So this man, getting back to the story, oh, he had friends. He had friends because, number one, he wanted to find Jesus. Number two, he had great obstacles before him. And number three, he had four friends that refused to leave him on his own. The Hope Club is a membership of supporters of New Hope Radio heard daily here on WARV. Would you join the Hope Club and commit $3 a week? In return, you'll receive an audio file devotional in your email box every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll receive other bonuses as well. And of course, you'll have the joy of keeping New Hope Radio on the air. Just go to newhopecc.tv, scroll down to support, click e-giving, click choose fund, and then radio. Enough people joining the Hope Club will ensure that New Hope Radio stays on the air. And thanks for your support. Oh, you know, that's such an important ministry. It really is. Join the Hope Club because, you know, we want to stay here on WAIV forever. How long? Oh, for about ever, until Jesus comes back. But we need some help. We've been here for 28 years, and it's pricey. And they do a great job getting the Word of God out into the community and online, and we want to continue to work with them. So join the Hope Club for 3 bucks a week. I'm going to send you 
devotional emails three times a week. We're going to send you some other things as time goes on and really kind of build up our audience and continue to get the Word of God out there where people need to hear it. So we hope that you'll do that. Okay? Okay, so think about it now. We've got this guy. He's got a tremendous need, but he's got friends that understand that, well, he needs friends. So remember now, this house, right, it was filled with people, and it was surrounded by people who wanted to see Jesus. So it tells us in verse 4, being unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd. Now, what does it mean they were unable? It's like, um, by no means. Like, man, there's no way these guys are getting to Jesus. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You're not going to fight the crowd. You're not going to get through. So you know what they did? These guys are so smart. All the old houses in the first century, they had stairs that went up to the roof on the outside. Because they'd go upstairs on the flat roofs in the evening and kind of be like our modern-day patio and to sit around and enjoy the night. So they removed, they went up the stairs, they removed the roof above Jesus. And they dug an opening. (laughs) And they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. I'm like, are you kidding me? These guys went up on the roof, they removed all the branches and they cut a hole and they lowered the guy down. I'll tell you what, everybody needs friends like that. Don't you want to have a friend like a friend that says, you know what? We're not quitting. We're not going home. We're going to see this thing through to the end, even if we have to take off somebody's roof. (laughs) And that's exactly what they did. And Jesus, seeing their faith, notice what happened here. Jesus didn't say, like, hey, man, you guys are wrecking my house. Oh, now I got to call Home Advisor. Now I got to find a roofer to come back and fix my roof. He said, no. It says, Jesus seeing their faith. So he saw, you know, it wasn't the faith of the paralyzed man, it was the faith of the friends. And I love the way Luke or Mark put it here seeing their faith. The word seeing is the word harao, it's where we get the word horizon. And you know what it means? A long look. You know, when you look at the horizon, beautiful sunrise, a beautiful sunset, down by the beach and you can see the whole thing, you don't just like, oh, okay, that's nice. No, you look at it. You stare at it. You go from one end to the other. You take it all in. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's like, he's taking it all in. He's taking a long, here comes this guy coming down. Probably a little branches and mud falling down too on everybody's head. This guy's coming down and Jesus is taking a long look. He must have stood there amazed. Look at these guys. There's someone in their life who's totally helpless and totally hopeless. And he wanted to get to Jesus, but no way could he do it on his own. And these men believed. See, they had the great faith. They believed that Jesus was the answer. And you know what they did? They did all that they could to bring their friend to Christ. You know, this is the rule to live by. Here's the rule to live by. When you meet Jesus, things change. So you want to do everything you can to get 
to Jesus so things can change. See, this is faith. When I bring the person to Jesus, that's faith. When I bring the situation to Jesus, that's faith. When I bring the decision that I have to make to Jesus, that's faith. And when I do those things, things will change. They will. They will change. So in verse 5, you know what the man found? More than he bargained for. Jesus, seeing their faith, he said to the paralytic, My son, beautiful term of endearment, your sins are forgiven. You know what the man found, which was better than a healing? Forgiveness. Forgiveness was better than a healing. You know why? Forgiveness is forever. A healing is temporal. A healing doesn't last forever, a physical healing, but forgiveness does. So why did Jesus say, your sins are forgiven, before he told him that he was healed? A couple of reasons I can think of. Number one, because forgiveness is real freedom. That's real freedom, forgiveness. You know, a person can be healthy and still be in bondage. When you're not forgiven, you still have a weight on your shoulder. And you can't wait for that weight to be lifted through forgiveness. You've offended someone and you feel terrible. And when they forgive you, you feel great again. When you're forgiven, iron bars do not a prison make. An afflicted body does not a prison make. Because you know why? The heart is free. See, this man's healing began in his heart. There's heart healing there. And then in verse 6, there's always those who don't see it that way. But there were some of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So they're thinking, this guy can't forgive sins. He'd have to be God to forgive sins. And then Jesus explains how and why he has the power to forgive sins in verse 8. Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, here's what he said to them. Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or arise, take up your pallet and walk? Now let me answer that. Take up your pallet and walk is harder because when the guy walks out, there's evidence. There's physical evidence. But when he says your sins are forgiven, there's no physical evidence of that. You don't see it. It's an inward matter. So Jesus said, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or arise, take up your pallet and walk. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, take up your pallet and go home. In other words, if I can say to somebody, you can walk, your paralysis is gone, and it works, then you know that I have the power to forgive sins as well. See, Jesus demonstrated the power and the authority that he possessed. That was quite a thing. So 
you know, it's, it's amazing how the Lord Jesus goes out of his way. He really does to convince people of who he is. What are we trying to learn here today? That people have obstacles in their lives. That paralysis prevents us from bringing them to Jesus. And we're learning also that real friends bring us to Jesus when we can't do it ourselves. Friendship is a gift from God. You know what real friends do? Real friends help us to overcome, not, oh, I like this part, pay attention. Real friends help us to overcome, not stay in our affliction and rot there. That's a real friend. You know, a real friend is going to get down and dirty. You know what Jesus did? He left heaven, became a human. He got down and dirty. Oh man, he left the glory of heaven. The worship of the heavenly host. The presence of the Father. The Holy Spirit. The glory of heaven. And he got down and dirty. And he became a human. You know why? Because he is a true friend. That's what a true friend does. And because we all have paralysis in some area that's preventing us from bringing it to Jesus, we need friends in our lives to help us. We need to be that friend, and we need to have that friend. We really do. Don't let these things that paralyze plague you. Fear. There's nothing to fear when it comes from God. Nothing to fear. Do not fear God. Doubt paralyzes. Do not doubt God. You know, doubt doesn't come from God. Doubt comes from the devil. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that, Eve? Think about it now, honey. Come on. Did he really say that? You know he didn't. Uh, I don't know. No, let me think. Doubt. He always gets us to doubt God. That's why you want to grow in the Word as much as you can. You want to learn the gospel inside and out, over, under, sideways, down, so you never doubt the love of God. Don't let pride paralyze you, thinking you've got all the answers. None of us do. No one has all the answers, and it's okay. It's good that we don't have all the answers, because the, the questions that we have can bring us to God. They lead us to Him. And self-righteousness paralyzes. Realize how many people think they don't need a Savior because when they look in the mirror, they see somebody that's pretty good. And they probably are. They probably are very kind and loving and generous. But here's the problem. Nobody's perfect. And you got to be perfect to live with God. And only Jesus can make us perfect. Only He can do that. So, we need friends in our lives. It takes friends that have a real relationship with God to bring us there for our healing. Maybe there's someone in your life right now and they're not, they're far from God. 
and you can get, you're trying to bring them to Christ, and it's so frustrating. I got a couple of dear friends I grew up with, and I've been trying for years to bring them to Christ, and it's very frustrating. And every once in a while, I say to myself, you know what? Forget them. If that's what they want, fine. You know, if they just want to burn for eternity, fine. I can't do any more. And then I read something like this and I get very convicted. And I realize what a true friend is. A true friend doesn't give up. So I can't give up. I can't give up on them. I got to keep loving and keep revealing. And, and very tactfully and very tastefully, somehow, some way, just reveal the love of God to them. That's all. And I wonder if we all have people in our lives like that that we're trying to bring them to Christ, and they're just like, man, paralyzed. Fear, doubt, pride, self-righteousness, whatever it is. And we want to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. True friends, don't give up. So whether you are that friend or you need that friend, know that God cares. He will not leave you friendless. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, God wants your friends to be saved and he will empower you and give you wisdom and give you words and whatever it is that you need. God will do that for you. You know what's so great? There are certain scriptures that we can lean on in times of our frustration where God is not slow about his promises. He's, with, he's waiting for all to come to repentance. So what does that mean? That he's not willing that any would perish. God's desire for your friends is the same as your desire for your friends. He's not willing for them to perish. He doesn't want them to. Of course, they all make a choice, but God is for them, not against them. He's for you. He's not against you. He wants your friends saved as much as you do. So don't get frustrated and don't quit. Don't get up, don't give up. Get out there and be that friend that somebody needs. And when you get to Jesus, and when they get to Jesus, things will never be the same again. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Don't forget about the Hope Club. $3 a week. Keep New Hope Radio on the air. It'll allow us to create podcasts that you can listen to on demand. You'll get a devotional in your email, audio devotional, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and more good stuff to come. So thank you for coming along today. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.